Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone, uh, for another installment in our animation month. Uh, we are going to be discussing 1985's Angel's Egg, directed by none other than the Mr. Ghost in the Shell himself, Mamoru Oshii. I mean, he, he's not just the oh, that's not the only thing. I'm sure one of you, one of my uh, illustrious guests, will you, correct me. You poor me. fool. He he well, also directed uh, Urusei Yatsura, uh, Beautiful Dreamer. Damn it, Absolutely. Abby! I was going to say that one because I love that. That's like my favorite thing he's done. Yeah, he did Ghost <laughs> in the Shell, which like changed, I think, anime and cyberpunk as we know it. But no, he also did one with, with Lum, and Lum is like, what if like dreams are real man <laughs> and they came from aliens yeah anyway uh also uh was it oh, shit i i have his i, I should and i guess a bunch that? of live action stuff too i was trying to spark your memory and then i just interrupted your train of thought i'm sorry <laughs> no no it's all good uh i was trying to remember is did he do was it gundam one of the gundams as well or uh am i well he did he did a bunch of stuff for pat labor which is, okay, is one yeah, of the yeah. big mega series about what if the police had giant robots? Turns out it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that aged well. <laughs> I, you know, I, I actually respect the Pat Labor project as a whole a lot because most of the stories are just like it, it sets up the premise of like cops fighting, fighting bad guys with giant robots. And then it's mostly about like red tape and like diplomatic procedures. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, it, it, that, that, that does sound like uh, like the um, the setup. Like it sounds like something that inspired like something like Shin Godzilla to exist. You know, mm -hmm. like just all the bureaucracy and behind the scenes, and it's like. Okay, <laughs> you got a giant monster. No, no, we got to get like 15 different department heads on the line. Uh, we got to get like a conference call before we can decide what we do. It's like, uh, he's, I'm sorry, he, he stepped on everything. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, I should probably introduce my guests today. Guests? Why am I having trouble talking today? Uh, none other than Emma Bowers. Hello, Emma. Hello. How y'all doing? I am doing okay. At diggity. Hell yeah. All right. And of course, where there's Emma, there's Abby Denton. Hello, Abby. Uh, hello. Uh, this is categorically not true. If you listen to your episode on uh, Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> oh, Carla oh. took one look at it and said, uh, this is much too good for, for Abby. We won't call Abby. <laughs> oh, wow. We hate oh, Abby. Wow. Oh, and Emma wow. said, yes, I'm fine with this. <laughs> Maybe I should have inserted a caveat there. Where there is Emma, there is Abby on anime episodes, for <laughs> certain. They don't think I can read. They won't let me talk about books. <laughs> I read lots of books. One Piece, Hunter Hunter, Dragon Ball. 
<laughs> oh my! Now I'm gonna I'm gonna die on air. That's that'll be a that'll be a good one. Um, so so if I'm remembering correctly, um, Abby, you actually were the one to sort of put a put the angel's egg uh, OVA on my radar. You could say um, I implanted it into your brain. You, you, yes, 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 you did. In fact, and it's now it burst the other day, and I watched it, <clears throat> it in its entirety. And um, after watching it completely, uh, Abby, why did you want us to watch this film? I'm one of those people who can't watch anything without like doing my chores. I like sitcoms because they just sort of say the plot out loud. You don't have mm -hmm. to look at them making a face to understand what's going on. <laughs> and I can iron my clothes or do the dishes. And Angel's Egg is a movie I've now seen four times. And it was only when I like had to watch it for this that I actually like gave it a proper shake because um, it's, it's abstract and subtitled, which is sort of the worst possible way for someone with my... I don't want to say disabilities because that makes it sound like it's a real thing um, with my unique idiocies um, to actually pay attention to a movie the whole time. Well, you know, I, I will say that a, a film that is um, maybe has like 15 lines, lines of dialogue throughout it and is uh, for the rest of the time, it's mostly angelic choirs uh, as a girl wanders a semi-gothic deserted or semi-deserted city uh holding an egg under her dress yeah it's it's i think it's going to be a little difficult to follow the follow the thread on that one uh if you're not watching it carefully i, I suppose well as i understand it the um the community center was shutting down and a little girl with the egg had to uh participate in like a basketball competition <laughs> that was always my i to reiterate, I watch a lot of sitcoms. That's mainly my intake of media is sitcoms. Well, you know, uh, it's a very special episode of Angel's Egg. Uh, <laughs> we find out where the egg came from. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I don't even remember if the characters are named either. Uh, I got to admit. They, um, they are not because um, similar to everyone else who's watched Angel Egg, I was like, what the fuck just happened? I went on Wikipedia <laughs> to read the summary. Um, and yes, they are simply boy and girl. <laughs> yes, exactly right. And so, so um, I guess... This is truly a, <laughs> I want to say it's truly a, a, a type of film that is very difficult to even, it's, I, I would say it's difficult to spoil, uh, in part because it's difficult to describe exactly what happens. Uh, a part of this is that it is uh, very dreamlike and it, it doesn't seem to... It, it doesn't have a, 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 a plot like a... a modernistic sort of like you know save the cat type of plot or anything like that it's just it's slow at parts uh you know they'll stop to to look at something and you have no idea what it's about it looks really cool but there's no idea <laughs> like <laughs> like the uh the, the the guys launching their harpoons at shadowfish amazing i love that scene 
I really do. Um, but then it's like, okay, but wait, what? What's going on? What did so, you feel as you watched it? Hmm. Setting aside well, um, displeasure that I demanded. I pestered Carlo for, for months about this. I said, uh, we should watch Angel's Egg. Uh, let's watch mm-hmm. Angel's Egg. Every morning. Um, <laughs> before this point, Carlo didn't know that I lived so close by. <laughs> Every morning I wake up and open palm slap a VHS of Angel's Egg. <laughs> um, so, so I, I want to say that, um, from beginning to end, I do think that, well, from the beginning, I would say that there is a sense of like something bad is going to happen. Uh, it might just be all the uh, <laughs> lack of bright the, colors on the screen. I was going to say the fact that they seem to be in like a dying world and there's just like this creepy coral hum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bad vibes. Bad vibes in the <laughs> angel egg extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> just some very fucked vibes. And when when especially when they close up on the um, like the weird tree that has the egg shaped thing caught in its branches which looks like it has like an a closed eye and a wing but none of it looks like it comes together into an anatomy that you or I might recognize I don't know that uh, maybe, eye scares the bejesus out of me every time I watch this that's like Emma, the memory that always sticks with me Emma maybe you uh, with your with your background may have some uh, 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 like some knowledge about the anatomy of this creature in the egg I just find it weird and and sort of. Uh, I mean, uncanny. it is because here's the thing: I don't think Mamoru she is like going deep in the world of herpetology and ornithology and other uh, ichthyology <laughs> and other things where animals come from eggs. I mean, here's the whole background of this guy, which was um, he was Christian and then had a crisis of faith. And was like, oh, God, like, what if there is no God? What if there's nothing? And then he just made Angel's Egg. And in interviews, they're like, what's it about? And he's like, oh, no, no. He just, I think, was just going through it. And he wanted to make something dark and moody. And I think this whole idea of, like, something in an egg, some sort of angelic being or something. But like I said, I don't... Because he has told me um, and, and not to worry my pretty little head about what Angel Egg is about, I don't try to read too deep into it either. I think he mm-hmm. just wanted to make something very um, archaic and dark and weird and creepy because he was in a mood. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that the, uh, that I have any any like interpretation that I would stand by and go like, yeah, man, that's rock solid. Uh, hmm. because it, it definitely feels, I think to Emma's point, it definitely is a, a, a movie that feel that feels like something that you would make if you suddenly realized there is nothing <laughs> like the, the, the spark of life, the, the tiny moment of light and life that we have is nothing compared to the majesty of eternal darkness after death. You will be a statue enshrined on a weird eye planet. 
I kind of like it though, because I, I guess for me, like, um, there's a very atheist idea of like, there's nothing. Well, magical sky fairy. Do you believe in a flying spaghetti monster? And I sort of love this idea that if there's nothing else after, you know, if there's no like big plan, then what do you get? And his answer is basically like a, a Dark Souls game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Well, it, it's a Dark Souls game without uh, really the bosses, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or or many enemies to be to to be sure. There, but. There's not big titty Borzoi. <laughs> <laughs> there's not the odd couple, uh, you know, Ornstein and Smo, you know, uh, just living together and uh, just having difficulties uh, being roommates. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like I think that. Uh, it, I mean, I'm sort of making a, I'm poking a little bit of fun at the idea of like, you know, the, the, I guess the character, characterization, not characterization, character, characterization. No, the, no, caricature, caricature. Yeah. Yeah. The caricature of like the atheist, which is a, uh, so like this nihilist that, uh, you don't believe in anything. So you'd be willing to do anything. And it's like, "Mm, not really. I, I don't know. Um, because I mean, like the, the, the movie opens with like a, a very almost Zardozian, uh, uh, sort of like thing coming down from the, the heavens. Oh my or from gosh. The I never knew I needed a Mamoru Oshii directed <laughs> version of Zardoz. <laughs> well you know the mech this, is good i don't know you, you say that but if you were just like man you know what zardos um i need it to make less sense <laughs> <laughs> oh, well i mean this is like this is the sean connery without the gigantic uh uh weird um bathing suit i don't even know what you i call always that. thought he was in a little diaper <laughs> <laughs> a little diapy man okay he's a, yeah he's just a little diaped he's just a little diaped up birthday boy <laughs> <laughs> who thinks the gun is good <laughs> let's all laugh at him in point you um, wouldn't hurt a little man on his birthday i'm <laughs> just a little birthday boy <laughs> my kind of impression is terrible i apologize I, that was george lucas <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, got a gun, and I'm gonna kill the immortals. That's yeah, my. Like, uh, that's my if, job. If, if the giant head from the sky gave uh, Sean Connery a lip, it would have smacked it around, showed it who's <laughs> boss. Um, but but yeah, like it, it is sort of like this weird. Um, it it's so weird because it, it it does feel like a weird Zardozian touch that you have like that weird planetoid that looks like an eye, but also what it looks like is the um like the uh a cathedral's uh stained glass, uh, stained glass windows, windows mm. but like turned upside down, so that it looks like an eye, just sort of like a sad eye, just a very despondent <laughs> eye. What if Sauron was sad? What if what if Sauron was sad because he grew up in a Christian household and then his faith was was questioned? He was like, "Oh, <laughs> what if I live a pious life? It's all for nothing." <laughs> Even though I was there at the beginning of creation, I suddenly doubt that Eru Iluvatar exists. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just suddenly atheistic Sauron is just a funny concept to me. Anyway, uh so so 
but then you get that close up of that same um, sort of planetoid or ship or whatever it is. You know, it's a perfectly round uh, ship or whatever it is. And it's just like, it, it looks so Baroque because it's like covered in uh, like statues and like, it looks like saint statues and shit like that. It really looks really interesting, which becomes a point later on because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that we want to jump that far ahead, but it it, it does uh, like the the close up of the statuary, and like the uh, I guess the hinting at religious iconography through those statues covering the surface of the um, of the sphere is something that is revisited later. Um, mm. Mm. Itself being round, maybe it's an egg. <laughs> so uh yeah i mean and so then uh, as that's uh coming down we get like the 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 boy or the young man who uh who shows up later on just w being the witness of of it coming down from the sky holding a weird cross-shaped something I'm not it's sure if very, it's very uh, trigon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mm. you ever think about that? Or like, um, I don't know, like, like if someone in like America, like, is like, oh, I want to make like, um, a, like a story about like my faith. You get like Martin Scorsese or like some like Catholic guilt, you know, kind of thing. But then like when Christians in Japan like want to like talk about like their their relationship with Christianity, it's just like, what if this priest had a Gum, but it was also in a cross, and it was like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you, or you get, uh, uh, you get a Christian appropriation uh, in Evangelion. It was like, yeah, we just added the the cross explosions because it looked cool. I don't oh, know, cool man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because it, it, even though, uh, you know, uh. They added that supposedly to look cool. There's a lot of stuff in Evangelion that sort of really works on on all all those levels. And it's like, but did you just add it to because it was cool? I mean, it is cool. Don't get me wrong. Here's here's my thought, honestly, which is like they did add it to be cool, but um, all of us, regardless of our our personal faiths and creed or lack thereof, have grown up in the United States, which is such a Christian country that I think we're like, oh yeah, that that fits, that makes sense, because we were so like indoctrinated and like growing up and like you know a very predominantly Christian society. I, right. I don't want to uh, poop up the thread with uh, gay socialist Christian uh, talking points, but I, I would challenge the notion that it's it's fair for us to describe any capitalist nation as a Christian nation. Mm. Mm. I mean, th that's that is absolutely a fair point. Uh, mm. But, you know, it is I, I would say that, um, yeah, uh, there's there's self-definition. There's outward. You know, yeah, it, it's all in how you define things. Yeah, I, I think which that is, there which is, is my objection, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think that you're it's it's a va it's a perfectly valid one, but I would also argue that especially like that weird um, sort of aspirational uh, like aspiration gospel or whatever um, type stuff would absolutely have a businessman Jesus, you know? <laughs> yeah. Can I can uh, I tell you my favorite Richard Pryor joke 
from one of his completely forgotten TV specials. Yeah, like he did it. sketch comedy for a while, mm-hmm. which is weird. And he, he had a sketch where he was doing like a televangelist character. And at one mm-hmm. point he's like, people ask me, you know, Reverend, um, why are you always asking us for money? You already have all of these jets and these boats and all of this gold. Why sh- shouldn't you give that up in order to perform your charitable works? And that's easy for you to say because you have none of these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite deliveries of all time. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely classic. certain. Yeah. I mean, one, once you have it, it's very difficult to not have it. Uh, you know, come on. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. So um, I mean, I I I would also argue that um, that there is yeah, like there is some of that self definition. Uh, going back to like the religious themes in general that you'll catch. Like, I, I think you mentioned Trigon. I, I don't know if Trigon has uh, particularly Christian creators, but they definitely like <laughs> Vasta Stampede has a cross shaped gun. <laughs> it's like, why? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, Carlo, you are, you are canceled and uh, for being uh-oh. a fake anime Get fan. Out. Get uh, out. Because no, it is, it is, okay. Um, it is Nicholas D. Wolfwood who has the cross gun. Vash is the stand in for a Christ allegory figure. You've embarrassed um, yourself. Yep. You've embarrassed your guests. And also, Yashiro Naito either, it's like a mix of things, but apparently, like, he was raised Buddhist, but he kind of, like, got into Catholicism. Like, hmm. I don't think, I don't know how serious he is, but he was clearly very influenced by it. And he was like, oh, and he very much, like, intentionally, like, kind of based Vash on that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's I, been I've heard long- it said frequently that um, uh, mm-hmm. sort of the, the approach in in. It, among a lot of Japanese people, and not necessarily universally, is uh, I forget if the term is it's it's not banquet style, it's um buffet style yeah. faith. It's yeah. like you're yeah, yeah. born in one religion, you marry in a different ceremony, and then most people die in a another third religion. Uh, which, <laughs> but it, it's, which is it's, interesting. I've been trying to sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, but but you know what, Carlo, uh, despite this uh, major, major anime faux pas, um, much what I've learned from watching Trigun is uh, to teach forgiveness the way Jesus would have. So in the words of Vash the Stampede, you are forgiven because you're a child of God. <laughs> he says that line in the anime. I should know I watched it once. <laughs> this podcast was built on love and peace. Yes. There you go. All right. Well. Thankfully, I've been let off the hook. Uh, I've been redeemed. Um, so, in any case, I'm trying to think of, of oh, sort of American culture comparisons, where like like you'll see a cross used as like a like a magical implement in vampire stories, mm. and mm-hmm. then you'll see some vampire stories that go the other step of like so any item of faith, like like it's empowered by your non-specific faith that damages the vampire. So you'll have like a guy holding up. Like the Star of David in a Doctor Who story, mm. or I think the Doctor actually holds off a vampire with his faith in his friends, <laughs> which was the corniest climax of all time. His, so did he <laughs> did he brandish his friends in front of them? Well, it's, it's funny you say that. It was just like she was there and he was like, I have a lot of faith there. But then later on, he has to like, like lull the bad guy into a false sense of security and it turns out he spent the whole episode being a jerk just to to break his companion's faith in him so that like he wouldn't and then he'd do something and then his comrade would have faith in him again that and is it, it was a it was a weird episode 
That is a very strange thing. Um, well, I mean, it's a very also a very episodic TV type of thing, right? Because mm. <laughs> like like in real life, if if your if your friend just like fucking just talks you down and like just ruins it's just like dunks on you constantly for over the over a period of a day you're like well fuck you buddy <laughs> i guess we're not friends anymore fuck you oh, no i need you he was doing a bit it's okay <laughs> oh oh okay in that case um <laughs> no, I, I i i also laugh because i'm like wondering if he if he held the friend in front of him was like well are we sure it's really that he had faith in his friend or he's just using a human shield i don't know <laughs> Um, I, you know, there, there have to be some vampires who were just put off because, like, it's weird to have someone thrusting a cross in your face. Like, if someone thrust a cross in my face, I'd be probably uncomfortable. And I'm kind of a fan of Jesus. So, <laughs> who's to say? Oh, hey, a little too close. A little too close, buddy. Uh, hey. You could put someone's eye out. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, uh, so then... The, I suppose we should get back to the to Angel's Egg somehow. Um, well, I, f- I feel like, you know, a movie like this, it's all about what you get out of it. You know, it, it's like a painting in an exhibition that you look at it, you're like, this is what I, I'm getting out of this. But it took an hour. Right. It's right. like a painting you're walking past very slowly. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, I guess... Uh, we could probably delve a little bit into what, because the, the girl wakes up and she already has like an egg. It's like an ostrich sized egg, perhaps even larger. I don't know. Emma, you might know. Ostrich <laughs> eggs are, it's, it's a little bigger than, cause um, a this bigger, is a fun right? fact of my job. We actually have some ostrich eggs and we like, obviously like drain and clean them. But like, um, you know, I, I bring them out to the kids and stuff. They're, they're pretty cool. No, I, I'd say it's bigger than an ostrich egg. An ostrich egg is like a little smaller than a football. Her eggs like the size of like, cause she puts it under her like dress about the size of a basketball. So yeah, yeah she has an abnormally large egg. Yes. Can I and can she, I pitch a movie to you two? Okay. It's it's called Ostrich's Egg, and it's the same movie, but every scene ends with like a, an angry mama ostrich is chasing them down, trying to peck their eyes out for for stealing her baby. Oh God! <laughs> you jest, but ostriches are mean and they're scary. <laughs> I mean, yes. We have one at my job. I. I've never worked at this ostrich in my life. And if she sees me, she tries to fight me. Have Have you ever ridden on the back of an ostrich? I <laughs> am. I, I am. Like I said, and I understand we live in a very, uh, I'll be very blunt. I am a little too chunky, I think, to that for that to be very comfortable for an ostrich. Wait, so so like there are probably people at a size, size where they could. Yeah, I mean, you can oh ride gosh, ostriches, awesome. but I, I imagine it's um, there, there's probably a little bit of uh, I, I'd imagine, though, I think there's, there's a bit of a fat phobia <laughs> in regards to <laughs> ostriches. It's probably and it's probably like it's probably really shitty standard, too. They're going to be like, uh uh-uh, oh, you're you're 140. Yeah, sorry, fat. So, you know, <laughs> I. I think the ostrich gets to decide. Oh, they're mean, if, so if I imagine I that they have ostriches. cruel, cruel standards of beauty in our society. <laughs> fat shamed. Well, by I mean, also like, fat, fat shamed by an ostrich. Like, like I, I gotta admit, Emma, they, they they don't look like they ever skip leg day. 
So oh, they got they got legs for days. They have this little sassy like little walk. Um, they got a mean little front claw. Like that's like a little fun fact about them. Um, they can kick lions, and like if they kick a lion like properly, they time it right. That lion's never getting up again. Like I know they look all goofy, and people are like, oh, birds are funny. Um, ostriches are not to be fucked with, in my well, yeah, in my humble opinion. It's it's like it's like a, a goofier looking cassowary. You yeah. don't fuck with those either. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, cassowaries actually benefit from the fact that they actually do look like dinosaurs. So you st- you generally want to stay away from them. Uh, yeah. ostriches, what percent yeah. of birds in the world total? What percentage of them do you think you could beat in a fight? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I mean, uh, Abby, I am I am a big softie. Uh, I couldn't beat a one of the cardinals at our feeder in a fight, mainly I, because I I'd be, it'd like, be hard to punch him. Yeah. Well, one and two. And I'd be like, oh, well, I, I don't want to punch you, Mr. Cardinal. Or Abby, Mrs. Cardinal. I, I, I'm going to say this as I guess I can say it now. I'm going to say this as um, as a bird keeper. Um the only reason that we are not killed more frequently by birds is because we are bigger. The majority of birds I work with are very determined to kill you. And it is only by the fact that you are bigger than them that you are still alive. The majority of birds I meet would like to kill you. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I mean, you uh, from the, the educating children side of the zoo, uh, working with small creatures that hate you and would, would gladly see us all dead. Yeah, so very working little with has, other small creatures. Yeah. Very little has changed. Yes. I stole your well, joke. I, mean, I apologize. Sorry. No, no, no. Well done. I mean, to be honest you with you, I, I suppose uh, to, to, to perhaps expand upon that, uh, we've all seen the, the, the video of the pelican that's just like, just basically clamping its, its bill on anything that it, it can sort of like put it on just to measure and be like, can I, can you fit down my throat? Oh, no, <laughs> not, not yet. Like a no. baby. Like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sort of uh, flapping my flapping my bill on you. Um, T- talking of um, birds that you can ride, uh, huh. it does 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 uh, the name Yoshitaka Amano stick out to either of you? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The pretty art man, artwork man. I I think he went he, on he, to a couple years later. Oh, sorry. No, no, I, that's uh, like the one of the guys, uh, one of the people that did the artist, the the art for like Final Fantasy. I believe he did uh, Sandman too. Uh, one issue, yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, there the was dream, like a book, Dream Hunters. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a standalone book of his, like it's like a Sandman. It's like a picture book. Mm-hmm. Also, like artwork for Vampire Hunter D, right? Yes, Vampire yeah. Hunter D. Um, I mostly know him from the fi- as the Final Fantasy Seven dude or Final Fantasy. Yeah. He, did, he did a lot of Final Fantasy. I'm realizing. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did. He did a picture of Tella from Final Fantasy Four, sort of like hunched over this ancient old man with a Gandalf beard, with like a like a cigarette holder in his mouth, just like looking ready to fuck. <laughs> Big fan of that picture. It's got like right. cool old man sunglasses. He's great. So, uh, so, so I guess my, my question is that because the girl starts off with the egg and she's sort of like weirdly protective of it throughout the, um, throughout the film, uh, I, I forget they have like a conversation once she meets up with the, with, with the young man, they have like a whole conversation. He's asking her about, 
you know, what, what's in the egg or what, what do you think is inside an egg? Uh, it's, it's, it was sort of impenetrable to me. Does anybody remember exactly what the, what they were talking about? Because it, it felt like it was like something along the lines of, uh, almost like somehow he was expecting a better future <laughs> or potentialities, uh, if inside the egg, I don't, I don't know. I mean, so he has that whole thing where he's telling what like appears to be kind of like Noah's Ark, and then it like takes a weird like turn. Because he's mm-hmm. like, they were all on the ship, and they sent off a bird, and the bird just never came back, and all everyone turned to stone in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one way to tell. I mean, so, so, um, and, and I realize that this is like one of those boss baby problems that I'm, I'm having because uh, we've been we've been reading like Book of the New Sun. Um, Mm-hmm. which has a lot of like it's like on a dying earth uh it it feels very much like um there, there's baby. these yeah getting a lot of bo- get a lot of a book lot of, of the new sun vibes from this but but the, the reason i say that is because there are some uh moments where they'll they'll start t- telling a story and then it starts like weaving together like five different fairy tales but in like with different stuff, like instead of it, instead of it being like uh, a giant ogre or the big bad wolf, it's suddenly like, and then it was, you know, like his head was a ship and it, and it sort of is incorporated into the setting in a way that makes you understand that there's like a, like the story has had a, an original version or a, a previous version that you and I might recognize here and now, but somehow in the world that's happening, and in this case, Angel's Egg, something's happened and it's, it's somehow been used or, or it's been, uh, the, the story has been used as a way to preserve some type of history, uh, which is like, like you were saying about the, the, um, the, the story about Emma, uh, the Noah's Ark, I should say, uh, it feels initially like, yeah, oh yeah, this, the, you know, the the world was flooded and yada yada yada, and so on and so forth. And then you start realizing somewhere when he starts talking about the ships and they sent birds out and yada yada, yada you're like, but is it was it an ark? Or are they talking about spaceships? And that's the type of thing that that sticks with me because it's like. Huh. What is happening here? <laughs> and it's perfectly fine. I it's not explained and and I, I I sort of love that it's not explained because it gives me um like it gives my brain something to just gnaw on for a couple of days and just like wonder and think about it. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> I I only today while I was uh trying to work up stuff sort of figured out a like why um the the eye planet thing upset me so much because uh, mm. that that's like one of the shot the, the reason i love this movie is because the, it's it's rare that there will be movies or comics or anything of the sort where like like i get this gut clenching fear at the bottom of my throat like there will be things that shock me or things that are gross in in horror movies in general but there's like a like a like a feeling of of intense alienation that I only get in like certain sci-fi sort of illustrations by like Mobius, John Giroux, or, or mm. people like that, 
or like if I'm at a party and everyone else is having a great time and <laughs> I get a similar anxiety there. Uh, and the eye is just one of those things. The, um, the weird sand angel people in that French movie, uh, the, the, the masters of time, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar. Well, it, it's, it's, that's a much more sort of narrative movie. And I feel like um, that feeling is sort of, you're not going to get that with a movie with a narrative, because in that you're sort of immediately like, oh, this is a character. He may not look anything like a human, but like, this is a character I understand, like Sully from, from Monsters, Inc. or whatever. Like, like, that's a guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like a guy, but that's just a guy. I know what he's doing. This, this girl, like, I don't know what the hell's going on with her. And she does look like a human. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the eye specifically creeped me the heck out. And I was reading an IMDb review where someone was talking about sort of what the movie meant to them. And uh, they were talking about, you know, Oji's faith stuff and the idea of the 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 eye being sort of God. And you're mm-hmm. sort of in, enshrined for eternity as like a barnacle on the side of God. And and this is speaking as someone who's gone to church a lot on purpose, because <laughs> I mostly believe in a lot of churchy things while not quite being smart enough to articulate what those things are. Um, and just the idea of heaven, like I, I would describe myself as a Christian and I'm a big fan of Jesus. The idea of heaven terrifies me. Like, <laughs> like every description of it is just like, oh, you'll have eternity to like sing hymns. And I'm going to be honest, that's not my idea of a good time. <laughs> it, I would get extremely bored eventually. Like I would not want to sing adulatory songs forever and (laughs) and that sort of the the enshrinement you know like like she she is this beautiful statue spoilers i don't know if you can spoil something that's this kind of um abstract um just sort of it's horrifying while also being like you can see why it's kind of nice like oh you're there forever you're this beautiful statue um and i i feel like that played a role in it and 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 that's sort of the same gut clenching like the cosmic fear that i only get when i haven't slept in like 13 hours why did i say 13 hours 30 hours <laughs> 30 hours <laughs> 13 hours is easy to do i don't know yeah, um I've been so, up for eight hours i need a nap yeah yeah that, that's a that's a great point um so can we, um, because I, I do see here that uh, we, we may need to make a, a brief pause uh, and, and, and come back. And so uh, bear with me and we'll reconnect. I'm I'm sorry for crashing this chat, but I I was gonna be a good boy. I was I was late watching the movie, and I was gonna sit on my hands and and you know sit out the chat and just like wait for you know to hear everyone else's takes. But then I finished watching it. I was like I I have to talk about this goddamn movie. Holy shit! My brain is so on fire. So it turns out parents do understand. <laughs> Tur- turns out you needed to confess. Confess. Oh my god, my brain is like is like exploding. That might I I I put this in. Uh, the DMs that you know that that we we organize the podcast in, and this this might be the best anime movie I have I have ever seen. It might be the best animated movie I've ever seen. Period, anime mm-hmm. or otherwise. My mind is like 
thoroughly drenched in endorphins and brain juices. I don't know. <laughs> you can't imagine how big I'm smiling right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm grinching like it's it's over my eyes at the moment. <laughs> Kurt's brain is now covered in delicious egg. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's like if Ari Aster made a, 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 a bloodborne sci-fi. I don't know what to describe it as. It's, it's nuts. Wow. It's like every shot I want to like move around in it in a video game and just see what weird stuff is there. And like, it's good that I can't because that would be terrible. But I like every so shot, just, I want way. to be there and explore it because it's so creepy. <laughs> Well, I, 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 Kurt, let me ask you, what did you, uh, wh- what is the scene that stood out the most to you? Let's put it that way. Um, I think it was the scene with the fishermen. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. was the one that stood out, I think, the, the most to me, apart from all the various times that, uh, the nameless guy, the soldier, does like the weird Kubrick stare (laughs) and she's like you're a good guy right you're nice and he's like I'm doing the Kubrick stare and not saying anything and she's like that must mean yes (laughs) but yeah that was that was so uh, weird because that was one of the scenes that took it from like what I was what I was prepared to read as a one of those like obfuscated sci-fi stories. I was like, oh, okay, it's like a colony ship. It's some kind of a like it's like an obscured metaphor of some kind. Or, you know, it's it's actually a fairly straightforward premise. And, you know, it's going to become apparent at the end that there was like a crashed space colony ship or something, and she's got some kind of component of it. And then there's, you know, these uh co- colorless fishermen hunting shadow fish. And I was like, I don't know what this is about anymore. good you're not supposed to here's the thing if you were ever like doing a podcast on like angel's egg and someone came in and they were like oh you know like i i know what this this is about like kick them out immediately block them (laughs) like like you know like like blacklist them from ever going on like any podcast because they're a liar you are not supposed to know what angel's egg is about ever let me amend my previous statement that was what it meant to me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Abby, then then Abby is always correct on these things. Right. I think ultimately it's a retelling of America's Gilded Age. And Mark Twain <laughs> is sort of standing off to the side and he sees the egg of American progress and he's like, we have to free it. He's he the 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 giant ship was is a is a metaphor for the steamboat that he will no longer be able to pilot. <laughs> Tom Sawyer is like, um, you know, it's actually really fun is if you you smash this egg and all the little boys are like, oh gee, golly, Tom Sawyer, and now I want to smash the egg too. I think so fondly of that Flannery O'Connor uh, epigraph. Um, she would have been a good woman if there had been someone there to smash her egg every day of her life. <laughs> so so we did an episode a few months back uh about the film memories um and this closely it reminded me of a more ambiguous version of the first sequence in in that which is a similarly 
haunting gothic sci-fi-ish story. Although what was going on in that story was, I think, fairly straightforward for the most part. Like you, it, it's it's what I was expecting this story to be, but. Putting them side by side, a lot of the tone feels like like of a piece. It's playing with like weird gothic conceits where it's like it's not super important to understand what's going on because you recognize all the symbols. Like it's mm-hmm. very clear, you know, and I, I'm sure you all have discussed this already about, you know, she puts the egg she's carrying the egg around like to like it looks like she's pregnant it's like, okay, I, I get the symbolism here. But it's not it's not important when it's a symbol of just like in in um magnetic rose it's not super important of like well you know is 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 she ma- is the computer making holograms is it making robots how much is real how much is hallucinate it, it doesn't really matter it's just supposed to leave you with a strong impression uh and this feels like that and it's so deliciously gothic and weird and i love that it's in like a weird victorian city with sh- shadow fish and and alchemy shops of some kind with big weird beakers of blue liquid. And it's just, yeah, it's just so strange. So good. Really good. Wow. Well, and, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the bottle, because she also carries a bottle for a bit and then sets it down and she's just doing a bit. (laughs) Oh, is is that what it was? Oh, okay. Well, silly me. I thought, I thought it meant something. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just going to point out that the that the um, the flask or the bottle or whatever you want to call it exactly, um, it it does look sort of like a a, a weird extension uh, or, or it's not egg like specifically, but it gave. I don't know why it gave me like that feeling that it's like, oh, this is like a like something else that is supposed to evoke an egg of some sort. Uh, and, and then she sets it down like in a sort of ritual where like, what was it that th- she fills it up with water or, or some liquid and then sets it and you can see like thousands of other bottles have been set mm-hmm. there by perhaps other people who knows, or perhaps it's her. I don't know. Uh, it just felt like. Also, it feels like, uh, Kurt, I, I was, I was mentioning earlier that, uh, th- th- I'm having a, uh, book of the new sun problem, you know, uh, <laughs> given, <laughs> given the, the, the jumble of Gothic and sort of like this feeling of just time just being a weight. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, because uh, like what you see all those glass jars and you see thousands and thousands of them and, and the, the, the soldier even asks like, uh, is the number of jars the number of days you've been here? And she's like, mm. you know, I don't remember. I've forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. and, and but but yeah, it, but it convey the the point is to convey time, time passing, mm-hmm. a huge amount of time passing. How and why is not clear. It's just important that you understand that, just like in Book of the New Sun. Hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it's one of those things that. Um, that I feel like you can do in an audiovisual medium very well. Uh, and I think the book of the new sun tries to do like Gene Wolfe tries to do that in, in the books as well, where he'll, he'll describe something and in, uh, in relation, close relation to something else. Uh, whereas in audiovisual, you can just have an image next to another image and I'm supposed to interpret something from that. And if you showed it more than once, you start establishing a pattern of some sort, uh, which is, you know, it, it's an easier way to do it, but it, it does require, 
know, something of the, the, the audience. Have you talked about the cross gun yet? I, I mentioned it <laughs> and I made, I made a horrible faux pas, on which I was forgiven. <laughs> no, um, you weren't. <laughs> I, I forgave him. Cause I'm um, like I said, I watch, I watch my animes and I know Vash the Stampede, who's an allegory for Jesus, would have forgiven Carlo. <laughs> oh, I wanted, I wanted to be like Vash and I mean, show Carlo sure. love and forgiveness. Thank you, thank you, Emma. Well, the the cross gun is filled with mercy, as as yeah. we know from Trigun. Yeah, that's why it's so heavy. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, yeah, that I, that I think is another really good example of what you're talking about, uh, Carlo, because like in a in a written medium, you would have to be like you would have to describe the gun and be like, it looked like a cross. Why am mm. I saying this? Oh, well, because. But in in a in a purely visual medium, it can just look like a cross, and mm-hmm. and you just kind of leave that there, and it's going to leave an impression on your mind, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which I think is what a lot of the scenes in this are doing. They're just like leaving like f- fingerprints on your understanding of what's going on without telling you anything specific. Like when the column of tanks goes by and you don't see anybody except for the one person, but you get an impression they're going to or from a conflict or something and – and it's not it, it, like w- what's the purpose of it? I don't know, but you get the sense that you are in some way watching the backwater of some kind of an ongoing conflict or something. It means something, and it puts attention over the whole thing. Um, it's just yeah, it's and that that is so beautifully used throughout in a way that I think a less confident film would would have explained something. Mm. You know, mm. the 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 biggest piece of narration that you get in the entire thing is 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 just telling you like a doomer version of noah's ark right (laughs) it's like where it's like what if what if what if noah just stayed on the ark forever i i was thinking about this a little bit because um i don't know like i said we were talking earlier like um i know like indil is not really about anything in particular but it was inspired by uh mamura oshi having a crisis of faith and I find that interesting, I think, because if you ask, like, in someone who was a very devout, like, atheist to write Angel's Egg, they'd probably be like, you know, there's nothing, man, you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing out there. And they might see something like, I don't know, like, th- then they might all, I don't know, <laughs> they might, like, like try to, like, use, like, atheism to like justify like transphobia or whatever it is like cool edgy atheists do now um (laughs) (laughs) um and i just find it really interesting because i feel like um what i really found fascinating about mamoru oshi and just i think the idea of like a crisis of faith from someone who experienced who's had faith is just something just a lot more i think complex and troubling like oh dear like this was something i had such security in and now it's gone. Like, what else is there? And like you said, like the world. And I love the whole thing. Like, I wish it was like a video game. I want to run around and like, <laughs> you know, look at the walls. And, you know, it's very, um, what's the thing in the video game? Or like, um, the like, codex. no, no, no. Like the way the levels are designed. So like you learn about the world by looking at the video game. 
<laughs> Ludo narrative? Is that what you're I guess for? like Ludo narrative or, or oh, video. You're envi- environmental story. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like um, Angel Egg, which does not have like you were all saying, like there's like 15 lines of dialogue total, has a lot of environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's mm-hmm. really fun to look at. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good that there isn't like a wiki dedicated to breaking down the world of of, of oh, this movie. God. But also, Angel, like, I would explained. I would devour Wait, it. I'm so I'm, glad it doesn't yeah. exist. Now I'm gonna go. I'm now you said that, and now I'm gonna go online and see if there's some algorithm little slut who's, who's <laughs> slutting it up for the algorithm by doing Angel Egg Explained. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, that's something that is there. There's a weird ephemeral quality to um what what i'll call like the deep anime where it's it's far enough below the surface that there's not like a whole ton of stuff written on it because you know there's not probably not that many people watching angel's egg in 2022 they should be they should be it's tremendous um but it's not like a cultural touchstone the way that ghost in the shell is for instance you know uh, mm. and and that gives it its own weird weird quality um uh malt malt schlitzman on on twitter um i i vague posted about angel's egg and i was like you know me me watching an anime where uh a little girl carries an egg through crumbling ruins uh while like you know weird choirs sing discordant music me me i'm sure this will be fine uh, and, and he he was like i've seen this what is it and I, and I told him and he goes yeah i saw this on some like streaming service and it made me feel like rediscovering adult swim for the first time which mm. I, which really mm. resonates with me because it's like oh wow there's all this weird shit out there that's impeccably made that i'm not aware of and this is far enough out there in the weird nerd space that it is still relative it's not you know it's not unknown uh Mamoru mm-hmm. Mamoru Oishi is a is a like you know a well-known director um oh god this is Oishi I keep saying Oishi like tasty <laughs> tasty Mamoru um and uh <laughs> and, but like but 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 like seeing something like this you're like where did it come from where did it go I have I have nothing to grab onto it's just me and this thing that I saw uh and that heightens it for me a lot seeing something like this and the fact that there is yeah there is no fan wiki to be like oh well you know the 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 blue liquid that you know the girl pours out of the jar is right you know Mamoru Oshii is you know said that it was representative of this it's like I, you know it's you just you just left with it there is no answer mm. too bad <laughs> if you want one that sucks for you <laughs> I know and I agree with you Kurt in the sense of like anime now is I think a lot more kind of mainstreamed at this point not say like it's bad there's a lot of like it's a contemporary anime and I'm like oh this is really good there was something really magical though about anime that was coming out in the 80s because you could just make weird shit like this well you had the boom economy and everything was an OVA and they were just giving money hand over fist to uh, early gynex you could could make this but now um, yeah if Mamoru Oshii was like hey can i make this they'd be like no um it's not based on an existing franchise and uh the little girl isn't moe enough and you know <laughs> like you know categorically it, untrue to be to be true. <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like you couldn't get away with the stuff and it's weird because i do kind of remember that vibe kirk because that's how kind of i was getting into anime was this like late night sci-fi i don't know it, like even if i wasn't watching anime even if i was watching something else there'd be a commercial like 
like anime. It's weird and yeah, yeah. dark. It's not for little baby boos, you know. <laughs> well, I, like, it's it's, it's uh, and I was like, I, wow. <laughs> like I thought it was the coolest shit. I would shit. love to see an ad like that, like anime. It's not for little kids, but before like Pokemon or something, I would yeah, love yeah. to cut that ad. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure everyone here saw the the one where it's like uh, this this changed my life, you know, and it's like a a, a videotape. Uh, that has like scrawled on it Akira and Ninja Scroll. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, it, it, I think to your to to both your points, both Kurt and and Emma, um, I I feel like this is this doesn't feel like forbidden or you shouldn't be watching it. Ooh, um, but it does have a feeling like it's it's adjacent to that feeling in the sense that it's it's a very sort of uh inscrutable but it's like that that same feeling i would i would uh compare it to like you know you're 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 up at two in the morning or whatever yes you, you just came back you <laughs> came back from like uh, hanging out with your buddies drinking or whatever you know you come back uh, your, your parents are asleep and you're flipping through the channels because you're still a little wired or whatever and you 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 come across like some weird like my experience was coming across delicatessen at like two in the morning i was like <laughs> what the fuck is this and i watched it and it was like the you know like the sun is coming up and i'm like still like what did I just see? <laughs> yeah, this is this is what the little girl in Poltergeist sees on the TV before it pulls her into it. <laughs> what I, to be fair, if she if she if that had been true, uh, she would have come back from the other side just completely goth. Like yeah. she, she wouldn't have been blonde anymore. She'd be like like black hair with like caked on like eyeliner. I'm sorry, I I, I stepped on somebody. Was it you, Abby? Um, no, uh, Carl- Carlo, I have to apologize and say, when you said delicatessen, I thought you meant uh, barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> that, would on, very, that would be a very weird one. Okay, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is, um, going back to kind of like Kurt and that whimsy, and you're like, this is special. Not no, like, yeah, the ninja scroll, like, whoa, this is boobies, but just like, this is something different. And I find this interesting because one of the earlier animes I really got into that just sort of, I was like, wow, this is something so different, um, was a different Mamoru um, Oshii, and that was um, his... Uh, his uh, movie of uh, Yurusei Yatsura, A Beautiful yeah, Dreamer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's incredibly similar to Angel's Egg in the sense of a lot of philosophical waxing, a lot of kind of beautiful but kind of vacant and empty spaces, but he's utilizing like the beloved iconic, you know, characters of Rumiko <laughs> Takahashi. So it's it's like love and her little, you know, tiger bikini and it's Oshi being like, you know, how do you know dreams are real? You know, and you're like, what? It's like if, it's like if Charlie real? Brown acted out No Exit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of like that because going back, I think when everyone thinks of the stuff this dude's done, you think, oh, Ghost in the Shell, which definitely does still have its own philosophical waxings there. But it gets a little more into you know, the science fiction aspects of it, whereas Angel's Egg and um, Beautiful Dreamer are both a lot more ethereal. And I find that interesting because, like, I was kind of in the same boat. I hadn't seriously sat down and watched Angel's Egg, but I loved your Seatsu, a Beautiful Dreamer, so much. And watching this, I was like, oh, like everything kind of clicked for me. You yeah, mean Urusai... I've got to spend the rest of eternity with Lucy Van Pelt and Schroeder in this little room? Good grief! <laughs> so, 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 
Emma, we did an episode of uh, Parents Just Don't Understand a couple years ago um, where we talked a little bit about our experiences with anime. And I remember us both talking about Yurisai Yetsura. Mm. Um, and and I, I remember so clearly watching it, but I don't remember anything about watching it. I just remember watching it being like, wow, I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there is a little more of a plot than Angel's Egg, but much like Angel's Egg, I feel it's more of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and pl- plus, I mean, I, I, I could probably make sense of Yurisai Yetsura now, um, but when I was like 12... I had no context, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I don't know what's going on on the screen. There's people, there's pe- pe- people-shaped objects. I kind of, this looks kind of familiar, but but as to what it all means, that's anybody's guess. Well, she um, really wants to make out with the one boy, but the boy, like, only has eyes for his classmate. Yeah. And his <laughs> classmate's like, you, Baka, and then she hits him. Yeah. <laughs> Tale as old as time, really. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, it is. I mean, you've you you've just described, for instance, I don't know, uh, Project Echo Austin, among, among yeah. many other things. Yes. Yeah, that, that too. Yes, yes, Jane Austen. <laughs> Ooh, you Jane Baca. Austen. Yes. <laughs> Project Austen. Um, do you, have, Darcy have you all... saw no baka. <laughs> maybe this has been discussed. Or maybe you all are aware of it, but I'm I'm flabbergasted by it. Have you all heard of In the Aftermath? The Roger Corman? Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've been sitting on it, but yes. Oh, okay. Uh, is it is that a Corman thing? It didn't look like Corman. It, it was produced by Corman. It was directed by someone who hasn't really done nearly as much Car- stuff. Name Carl Copart? Colpert? Yes. Yeah. So uh, apparently in 1988, there was a, I guess, is he a Canadian director? Where is this guy from? Uh, no, he's he's American. Uh, he he made a live action post apocalyptic film based on loosely like a, a loosely based on Angel's Egg that has like a little girl with an egg carrying the egg through like a ra- an irradiated wasteland. And apparently, there apparently there's footage from Angel's Egg in this. Yeah, this, it's, like, it's, weird it's like half and film. half. It keeps jumping. I, I just finished watching it for this. Um, it keeps sort of jumping. They they have like a, a decent look alike for the 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 girl like in live action. Like there's shots where she'll be standing there in live action, and that it'll like transition into animation. And it's weird because it's like that's like the realm of the angels is the animation stuff. Hmm. Oh, weird! But that's so the, strange. It's it's awful. Like the I mean, okay, it's you have a budget of twenty dollars, so like every movie that exists <laughs> is a miracle. Um, and a, a, according to IMDb. Uh, most of the wasteland was filmed in the uh, the same steel mill as the end of uh, Terminator Two, but it's it's real bad. It's real bad. It's just like these. It's it's Mad Max post apocalypse. Like dudes walking around with gas masks on, uh, but they're all jerks to each other. And there's just like a guy with like a spear in the middle of it in like the mid two thousands apocalypse, uh, <laughs> threatening people with a, a prop spear. Uh, this this little angel girl named Angel. I can't even uh, imagine having seen I, the steps necessary for that to have happened is so strange. First mm. of all, someone would have had to see, like like an American would have to see Angel's Egg in 1987. That ish, that that in itself would be a feat. Um, mm. You would have to be a real weird nerd or in touch with real weird nerds to to have seen that, uh, and then to be like, I'm I'm going to make like a Judge Dread Mad Max version of. This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, it it, it I it seems like it seems like uh OCE got got a writing credit on it, which which is good. Hopefully he got some money from it. But how strange. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it, in in that one. So okay, the the thought process I assume started like you're not gonna get a kid to sit through this. We have to market this to adults. What do adults hate? Cartoons. Uh, at the time Don Bluth hadn't generated a, a generation of perverts who love watching cartoons <laughs> as adults. Um, just to bring this full circle to stuff we didn't record. We should have um, recorded that, to be we fair. <laughs> Honestly, we should have. We you had, missed out on so much, audience. Gold content. Kurt, too. Poor Kurt can, didn't get to hang out with uh, <laughs> Kurt, our discussion. Of, yeah. Um, so, so that was definitely part of it. And then they added all this live action stuff that just just answers, like like it just sort of gives concrete answers to everything in the movie that we're talking about, um, which is why I suspect it's more just because Mamoroshi like was involved with the original is mm-hmm. why he's credited as a writer um because where angel's egg is sort of very ponderous and you have these long shots of weird stuff and you're just sort of left to feel icky about it um in this one there are still long shots like where there, you you know what's going on it's just a guy walking in a field and that's all for a long time it's it's slow instead of vague and then at the end, it turns out the egg is actually a magical device that can clean the atmosphere so that the apocalypse is over and everyone's okay. Um, they, just needed to find the, they just needed to find the on switch for the egg. Yeah. That's what there that guy go. with the cross gun was trying to do. <laughs> it, it wasn't turning on, so he hit it. The old, the old that, Russian fix. That's her big brother in the movie, and he's like her senior angel and he's oh, no, like no 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 oh, here's no. what you do with the egg is you break it that's literally that's what straight it is up it. it's oh awful. wow well i'm apparently a genius i should be i mean i recommend it films. just for being weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, Amazing. It, that that's a it's it's so funny how um how different weird american stuff was from weird japanese stuff at the time where it's like you know the we the the ultra weird Japanese stuff was this quiet, meditative, bleak, alienating stuff, uh, or or like ultra mega gore stuff. And then in the U.S., it was like, well, we have all these gas masks, and we have a jeep <laughs> and a steel mill. What can we do with this? <laughs> it, it's a movie that simultaneously isn't worried about you knowing what's going on, while also like having enough of a budget to make that kind of fun. <laughs> I I feel like usually you have to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. I would like to read to you from the Corman, I mean Corman uh whoever we'd whoever we'd say is ultimately responsible. The IMDb page has a has a quote page. The quotable quotes like uh I tested him with a sign and he fell down confused. These are just lines, like they're not even good lines, but one of them Frank colon open bracket Plays the piano wearing a gas mask. Closed bracket. (laughs) (laughs) One of those iconic lines. (laughs) What did he say? I think he said, if you've heard this one before, stop me. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea that he is singing under the gas mask and no one can hear it. So, so did we... Have you all talked about the end of Angel's Egg yet? Oh, a, a little bit, but yes. Go ahead. Oh, I was to say I really loved the end, and it made me feel 
better, but not much better. <laughs> like, like it's you know because you you kind of see her as a statue going going up off somewhere with all the other statues, but then it zooms in on her and she's kind of like smiling, maybe a little bit. Her face is a little bit neutral. Um, mm-hmm. It's very haunting, but in like a like a positive way. Like it made me like. I was expecting I was expecting this this film to end on a full horror note after all the the ominousness and ambiguity. I was like, okay, this is going to be really bad, and I was bracing for it. And I was like, oh, that's like, it's not good, but it's bad in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. So, are we to believe because I, I, I when it pans all the way out? the world essentially looks like the top side of a ship. Oh, I didn't get that. I It, it just looked like a weird shard to me. It's I like, didn't take anything specific from it. it it's like the Ark, because there's that thing, and they're like, oh, and the Ark, and then the bird yeah, never that, came back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, at that's, the end, because you're like, oh, is that the Ark? Ah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's you what I was thinking You damn dirty well. eggs, you blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this movie needed, more Charlton Heston histrionics. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I, 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 you know, you say that, but I, I sat there just like trying to like, what am I looking at for the longest time? And it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, okay. Maybe that's like the arc <laughs> or like a ship. <laughs> it's devastating, whatever it is. Um, that, that, that imagery of, of like the soldier, like standing just like in the waves as it, you know, gets further and further away and he watches everything leave. I, Jesus, I don't know. We literally Jesus, uh, probably (laughs) from, from what I, from what I now know about it, but it's just that uh, it's the kind of ambiguity that I really like. I said elsewhere Mm -hmm. on, on, um, I think it was on the right good podcast. I said that, you know, I, I like stories that end on a question mark and not a period. And this is, a very large, uh, apparently arc-shaped question mark, um, with yeah. an egg for the for the for little dot underneath. Well, I mean, but that's yeah. That what's inside the egg? Another question mark. Yeah, that was great too. I was really. I see again when when you when the egg is smashed. I was like, what gross thing is she going to hold up? And then it's not. It's nothing. It's just. It's just uh, ominous. It's just ominous to the end. <laughs> Yeah, like Great. whatever was in it, it 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 left. Uh, it it's no longer there anyway. You, you just get the eggshell afterwards. Yeah, I, I was fully prepared for her to catch up to that guy, and then for his face to be all covered in blood or something, some weird, awful thing. And it's it's not. It's just more ominous, goth stuff. Damn, it's <laughs> yes. good though. Yes. Um, all right. Um. I suppose we should probably start, uh, yeah, like uh, winding it down a little bit. Um, I guess, do we have any last thoughts? Uh, apart from like, go watch this. I mean, go watch this if you want to feel bad in a good way. I say go go watch it if you're just interested in kind of more interesting kind of old school kind of anime stuff. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting to a point where like, 
you know, things we kind of considered mainstream, like, I don't know, Inuyasha, uh, you know, people are now like, what's Inuyasha? Like, it's kind of (laughs) surprising really quickly how quickly, like, a lot of anime and stuff we regarded as, like, iconic is now, like, vanishing. So, Mm. going back to kind of my own philosophy that you should sometimes get out of your comfort zone, check out different interesting things, because you never know. Like, yeah, definitely, like, there's some really cool, like, kind of, you know, more experimental, interesting kind of anime stuff that came out in the 80s because like Abby had said that the bubble economy hadn't burst yet. They had a bunch of money and Mamoru, she was like I want to make a movie of two lines of dialogue about a mm-hmm. girl carrying an egg and it's like hot diggity Here, here's your money. Um, <laughs> so I definitely encourage it um, especially because like I said I think usually people just in terms of stuff that the guy's done is ghost in the shell but i think um angel's eggs just kind of a neat little treat and it's only an hour long and it's also like weird and trippy so if you only kind of half pay attention you didn't miss like riveting plot points and development too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah Hooray. here's a here's a question for the group talking of uh, the bubble economy and everything this excuse me uh, this was produced for video yeah, like, like the, a lot of stuff from the 80s that sort of had that OVA, great, like, surreal yes. cartoon, like, oh, just like, oh, here's an alien landscape. I love those. Do you think, well, okay, I th- I'm going to say as a fact that this movie would, is great just to have, like, in the corner of a room, like in, in an 80s party. Like, this would be mm-hmm. a great movie to just have in the corner, doing a line of coke, you know, you've you've just embezzled enough money to have a, have a rad party from your your job whatever i i wasn't born in the 80s i don't know how these things worked i, I i've you've got your your boss is a corpse he's died and you're sort of pretending he's still alive he's in the corner i think that's how the 80s were spent right you're sort of propping him up like a puppet man and you've got this pretty, movie yeah, on in the much. corner what's your like what three movies are like your your best like weird don't have to be able to hear the dialogue like you can just chill out and look at this for a second and then oh here's a guy you want to talk to over in the corner let's go do this i i also haven't been to parties so this is just imagining <laughs> how these things go but i think this movie would be great for it what are two others it does it do they have to be from that era Mm. Or they can be uh, just Ooh, just any movie, yeah. just any movie. Yeah, let's let's say it's like it's like a time transcendent hyper party. All right, that can have any movie, like even movies that haven't been released on video or DVD, like just eight track. Hmm. N- not mean, eight track. What am I saying? Uh, eight inch. What do you call it? What you're talking eight, about, like the laser film. Super Super Eight. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, of. Super, super eight. eight or Betamax just, like, or whatever. Weird yeah, yeah. family movies. Yeah, just the what what's perfect. So, I would I would probably say that um, and and I I haven't seen all seen it all the way through, but sort of the same general vibe would be something like Belladonna of Sadness. Mm. That would be a great one. Mm. It, it would certainly set the set a certain tone for the party. <laughs> and and yes. depending and depending on whether anyone is partaking of hallucinogenics, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic Planet, I would say. Ooh. Oh, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but 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 if you're if you're gonna be if if anyone's doing any um, any LSD or, or mushrooms or anything like that, you probably are gonna provoke some sort of weird bad trip <laughs> with Fantastic Planet. <laughs> I, I I watch it and it's sort of like it has like this quality of um both dream dreaminess and uncanniness in a uh, nightmarish way for me. 
uh, that would probably not be good. <laughs> and that's me just completely just watching it stone cold sober. I was like, mm, I wouldn't watch this on anything other than just being sober. Thank you. I think mine would be uh, Female Prisoner 701 Scorpion or one Hell of the yeah. other female prisoners. Um, very visually striking uh, women in prison revenge uh, films that do very strange, uh, like practical visual effects with just like makeup, bright colored lights and very mm-hmm. clever stagecraft. Like there's a there's a shot in the first film where it's it's a recollection it's going into like like a memory like flashback sequence and um they show one scene and then the the main actress whose name escapes me but she's she's very well known um uh you something kaiji yeah um i totally forget her her name um and uh oh uh maiko kaji um uh, she finishes acting out the scene where she's like humiliated and disgraced and she stays in place and they like physically rotate out the set as if she's in a stage play suddenly. And so she's oh, suddenly mm. she's in a new scene, but it's because they physically moved the set away oh, from her cool. and then brought it back in. It's super cool. Um, that would be one. Uh, I am another- obsessed with the second Scorpion movie where she's crucified in like the first five minutes. It's great. Like- very hard. It can be hard can to go. watch, but it's it's great. Um, yeah. uh, the next one I would do is uh, Dragon's Heaven, um, which yeah. is a weird far future mecha anime by Makoto Kobayashi. I think is mostly known for his work on Gundam films. Um, that guy's a weird NFT guy now. And he is a weird sad. NFT guy. Yes. Um, he follows me on uh, on Twitter though, and and he he said something nice to me in Japanese when I linked mm. a bunch of pictures from, from this though. So I'll, I'll forgive him that. Um, he followed me for a while and then unfollowed me for something. <laughs> Probably what, my opinions of NFT. <laughs> what's interesting about it is that it's an anime uh, that is done in the style of Mobius, uh, the French artist Jean Girard, and so it's. It's very unusual to see it's it's like a it's like a Japanese heavy metal segment. And then the third one would be Empress of Darkness, which we haven't recorded an episode on yet, but we're uh, we are about to in the near future. Uh, and that is that is an an uh, American um, dark fantasy cartoon that was entirely animated by one guy who hand drew every frame himself. Uh, over the course of five or six years and oh it's God. very visually striking and weird and i i encourage people to watch it because it's he's making another one he's just not stopping he's just c- continues to draw <laughs> um probably destroying his hands in the process but it's weird and unsettling and great and visually striking at every moment of it hmm. i don't know why i'm i'm picturing this movie as as like a bill plimpton solo animation project where there's like no no it, like, it actually kind of how'd you get so cute <laughs> it, it actually kind of has like a like a slightly i don't know how to describe it exactly uh a, 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 it's kind of like a like a new grounds meets adventure time uh look to it huh. uh but it's very it's very interesting i have to check that out all right uh 
And I guess, Emma, did you have any uh, contributions? Um, yeah. So what I would actually do is um, just do a little uh, Mamoru Oshii um, little um, film screening. Mm. So obviously, along with Angel's Egg, um, like I said, we we're talking about this. You say Atsuro 2, Beautiful Dreamer. And then um, a, a, a more simple, simple man would just be like Ghost in the Shell. But the wise man says, you fool, Ghost in the Shell 2 innocence <laughs> mm. Mm. you know uh emma you 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 pose a very convincing i i do think that uh the second one is um it's almost better than the first apples and oranges i'd say but i meant more in terms of the theme because ghost in the mm -hmm. shell like i said earlier is yeah there's some philosophical waxings but it's a lot more straightforward it's more about like technology and the future and there's you know guns you're like pew 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 mm -hmm. and there's a cool lady who's kind of naked and you're like woo you know um ghost in the shell 2 innocence fits more of the angels egg and you say yeah sort of like what's reality man I don't know. Well, what if, like, I, you were living in a dream? Would you know you were in a dream? Whoa. I also, yeah, I think, I think, I think you're 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 correct. That uh, also is just the plain fact that the um, the like the doll uh, uh, robots or androids or whatever uh, are just very uncanny and unsettling looking as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think yeah. yes, absolutely. I, I think right. of course that movie's better because what movie isn't better with a sequel? You know, you, you work out the kinks in the first one, and then you get a sequel. You know, like uh, Rosemary's Toddler, or uh, Close Encounters of the Eighth Kind, or uh, my personal favorite, uh, Kramer versus Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> I was too proud of that, and I delivered it badly, and I'm sorry. Right, I mean, by that by that logic, the 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 Fast and the Furious franchise is just you know it's like <laughs> the last one is the best one ever. It's 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 the best movie that humanity's ever made. I mean, this may actually be true. I I, I, <laughs> but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's got the most cars for a start. <laughs> well, it's also the the longest see you know, the longest running sequel right now. Uh, so Ooh. I gotta I gotta try one more time. Kramer versus Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Sorry, the sequel. I'm too hey, proud of that. The sequel was better. The sequel was better. Just uh, like yeah. you said. Th this this time this time the kid wants to divorce both parents. <laughs> <laughs> could, uh, could I get one sick burn in before you wrap up? Oh, go for it. Which is just while we were I was talking about the fear of eternity, and uh, you know the beloved show The Good Place uh, actually covered you know the the boredom of of an eternal bliss. Uh, in the last episode, which demonstrated the misery of something that goes on way too long by being an episode <laughs> that went on so long and you just wanted it to end. Well, it, it, it harkens back to that, uh, to that line. I believe it's in the first, the first episode, the first uh, season where it's like, it's such a human thing to ha have too much of something and just ruin it a little bit or no to ruin something so you can have a little bit more of it. Yeah. So that does seem to be the thesis statement of uh, a lot of those Michael Shore shows. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I suppose that that should be about it. Uh, today we had special guest Kurt pop up. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Kurt. <laughs> In any case, uh, Emma, Abby, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks again for uh, I, I, Abby, specifically you. Thanks again for 
prompting me to watch this because I, I don't know that I would have, I didn't even know it existed. So oh, th- thank, thank you, you by extension for me too. This is, this was, this was brain changing beyond life changing. Cause you got many lives, but just one brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carla, have you, have you watched Dragon's Heaven? I have not. You should. Maybe that should be next. It's only, oh, it's only about go. 40 minutes long. We should definitely cover it at, at some point, if only because it, we, we can trick Pete. And tell and not tell him that it's anime. To go, oh, this is this is a this is fre- French animation. I I don't know what you, what, what you said. Could, could I just privately Fran- hear? Does Pete listen to these? Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Thank you. Does Pete listen to these? Shh. Edit if, this out. If, edit this out, Carla. If I, well, I guess if we'll I find give out. you fifty dollars, <laughs> if I give you both fifty dollars, could you? Get Pete to watch and then record a podcast on the film uh, Elmo in Grouchland, <laughs> where both of you just just I, insist that it's like on the same level as like anything else you cover, and just oh, refuse wow. to brook any question to the contrary. Kurt, you know, you know what we could do. Uh, it, it, we we initially started out as a podside episode, and then ha. Change it up. It's a parents to don't understand episode. <laughs> anyway. Uh yeah. So anyway, I do want to thank all of you uh and everyone for listening in to our uh ongoing animation month. Haha. I, I haven't gotten tired of saying that, Kurt. Um so <laughs> thanks again, and we'll catch you all next time here at Potside. Go take care of your eggs. <laughs> Delicious eggs. <laughs> Six in one hand, a half dozen in the other. 